Shows are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Welcome to the Adventures in Tech Podcast. Talking the latest tips and trends in educational technology to innovate and engage your students. Here are your hosts, Andrew and Dan. I think people are going to be tired of hearing us, Dan. You think? Yeah. I think they're already tired of us. I know I'm tired of hearing my voice. Well, You're at least talking you a lot lost this your week. voice. I know. I oh, know. my goodness. Multiple presentations, good times. Back at Nicegate 2022, convening. We are wrapping up the exhibit hall floor. We're just pulling random people in here now. I, I know. All right. Wow. <laughs> All right. No, no. Cutting that's them not, deep. That, that, that's I, cut deep. I did not mean that. I don't, <laughs> know what, I don't know why that came out of my mouth, but hey. <laughs> There Notice the source, folks. Notice the source. <laughs> I right. totally did not mean that. We've been looking forward to this for a really long time. You know, the thing is, when he sent me his calendar, I was like, he's oh, a hard, my He's a hard gosh. person to get in, you know, to sit down for more than We're a minute. We're not worthy. Where's the clip? <laughs> we're not worthy. <laughs> All right, so we're back. We're going to wrap up, and we're going to talk about a whole slew of things. Uh, so, obviously, Dan's here. I'm here. We want to thank Bloom for uh, having us at their booth. Uh, obviously, now we also have Art, Art Shouten, our Director of Instructional Tech for Wappingers. Art, what's well, going on? Welcome once again. You did this last year. I think that was the last time you were on. Yeah, that was the uh, long-time listener, first-time caller, that's I guess. It. Uh, that's it. Now that's... I'm second-time caller. <laughs> well, uh, that's good. And then we have our good friend, which we have been trying to get on, John Redeker. John. Hey, guys. It's great to be with you. This is a great uh, setup you guys have, and, and the whole podcast is awesome. I'm glad to be on it. And John is just, how do I say, he's, he wears many hats. So, John, tell everybody a little bit about yourself. Yeah, I was just working on my slide deck for tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. <laughs> Procrastination at its finest. Oh, yeah. It's... Uh, <laughs> I think I wrote down in my bio, I wrote human being this time around. I didn't list the whole thing of things I'm involved with. I'm not a robot, right? Click that box too many times, you wonder if you are at some point. Yep. But uh, yeah, it's great. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm a K-12 instructional technology coordinator in Goshen. Uh, teacher on special assignment, which is great. Uh, yep. A lot of the fun, uh, not a lot of the stress. Um, so that's been awesome. But uh, part of the NiceGate team, uh, doing the social media thing, promoting our vendors, promoting our sponsors. And then just promoting the engagement. You know, the coolest thing about this weekend for me is not, or this week in general, is not just doing the presentations and stuff, but I asked a question of most uh, some of our vendors. I said, what's the coolest thing about coming to NiceGate? And they were like, you know, universally the answer was it's culture, it's people, it's the connections that we make, and uh, that's really what it's all about. So whether we're talking about technology and podcasting or technology and robotics, STEAM, whatever, it's all about the people, uh, the teachers, the students, the whole connection. So that's awesome. Yeah, well, we are glad to have you on. You can find John on the line, on the line, right? Just like we say in the internship, at John, J-O-N, don't mess it up, John <laughs> Redeker on Twitter. So uh, excited to have you here. I was able to actually attend one of your sessions this morning, and it just, the title draws people in, right? So can we talk a little bit about, I mean, there's a lot I want to talk to you about, but the misfit educator, you know, where that, that, idea came up and really I, I mean I will share your slide deck out if it's cool with you to everybody uh, in the show notes but it was just a powerful thing when we start thinking about today's students yeah you know it's uh, I read this book called the misfit economy which is like you know kind of a I guess maybe a cop-out to take a book and, and turn it into your talk but I was motivated to think about this the lessons that we learned from like uh, not normal people right so when you read these stories about uh, this guy's a, a camel milk farmer, none of us are drinking camel milk here yet, <laughs> yeah. but I don't know if that'll break the uh, industry. And you talk about the pirates in Somalia and these other groups of people that are informal entrepreneurs, like they're changing the game and they're working in these systems that actually make sense and they work. 
but they're they're revolutionaries. And uh, I think the difference between like innovation and, and invention is important. Um, you know, people want to innovate and make small changes incremental, but some of these people are just tearing it all down and, and building it back up. And really, I was motivated about this, especially coming out of the, the pandemic learning and the hybrid approach and thinking about, you know, we had a moment in time to just tear it all down. And that here we are talking about stupid concepts like learning loss. Yeah. Like, what the <laughs> heck does that mean? That phrase. Yeah. Like, uh, if you didn't see, uh, we just put up air quotes. But. Yeah. <laughs> we got to get to the video one. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> but, like, what is learning loss? Like, oh, we didn't achieve Algebra 2 trigonometry? Okay, well, what did these kids learn during this time being at home? Like, they learned how to make lunch and how to, like, do a, a, a Zoom call with pants on. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like, <laughs> so many life skills took place, and yet here we, we had a moment in time to, like, tear down the system and rebuild it. And we haven't done that. So my encouragement is to people to try to look at their own systems and whether it's a big district, a small district, whether it's just their own classroom and their own philosophy is to think about what can I tear down these prior notions and preconceptions that we have to sort of rebuild and, and be misfits and rebels and to move forward. And, uh, you know, even though Steve Jobs looks like my dad, like <laughs> sort of like he yeah. was a rebel right at first. And even what our tech companies have done, what has Apple done lately? What is you know, is, is Meta, Twitter, all these people, are they changing the game or not really? Like, what's innovative? And do we have time now as teachers to be innovative and change things? That's a challenge I wanted to throw down for, for folks today. Yeah, that goes in line with your moonshot thinking, right? Like, yeah. how do we get there, right? How do we get more of the students to become misfits and more of the teachers to adopt or allow the misfits and get yeah. to know them? Uh, you had mentioned something powerful when, um, and you could share the story, so it's relative for, for Art and Dan, is you had the student, right, who asked you for a recommendation. Yeah, later. that's right. Can you talk about him? Yeah, so I was teaching, uh, my prior career was in teaching U.S. history and government, and uh, they, this, this guy asked me for a recommendation. I taught him in junior year. He taught the, the U.S. history class, and I said, uh, Tom, that's great. Uh, Tom's his real name, by the way, but <laughs> <laughs> no hiding. But I said, Tom, Tom, I'd love to write a letter. I think you're a great kid, but the only thing I know about you is you cared a lot about my class. You cared a lot about school. You wanted to do well. You cared about your grades. You've got something wrong. You wanted to improve it. And, um, and that's all I know. But like, is that the letter you want me to write? And he said, well, sure. And I said, no, no, but you had, there has to be more. Let's unpack this. Because you want a resume? I said, no, I want to talk to you. So we sat down at a table and he, I said, what have you been up to? What do you, what do you do? What are you interested in? He wanted to study music production for a career. And I said, uh, well, wow, that's, that's amazing. How'd you get into that? Did you take music classes at the high school, whatever? It was actually, no, since I was like in middle school, I started writing tracks online uh, using whatever software he was using, I'm not sure. But I started writing tracks and actually since then, I've been, they've been popular enough, I've been selling them. I've been making money as a career, as a high school student, selling tracks to artists to go, go and create music. And I said, holy cow, like how did I not know this? Like I right. taught you for a year and we didn't have that relationship. And I was disappointed in myself. Um, but for not knowing, but also like amazed with this kid that school was not doing that for him. He was doing it for himself. It was a passion project that he had. And he's really that rebel, that misfit who's going to really take advantage of the opportunities that he sees with digital technology access, access to the internet. He's going to make this brand for himself, whether or not the school's in his way or helping support him along the way. So how can we take that example and start to look at schools and, and elevating those kids that are under the radar that are doing amazing things? Uh, we have to start taking those chances on those kids. And not only those kids, I mean, I know as you talked about teaching as a misfit and, you know, you can tell the story of, it was in seventh grade when you went into the dungeons and the uh, deep, right? Yeah. yeah. You know, tell yeah. that story because this is thinking, like, we always say thinking outside the box, but this is literally, this is what needs to happen. Yeah. And I think your colleague's reaction, won't throw anybody under the bus here, was like, 
well, what are you doing? Like you said. Yeah, there's, there, there's no box. You said inside the box, outside the box. In my mind, there's no box. Right. We can't think that way. And so, uh, yeah, I was, I was thinking about how to innovate in my, uh, when I was teaching eighth grade uh, social studies, and I was said, hey, what if we took our, our Great Depression era building and took a road trip, and we took the content and took it to the basement, to the boiler room. We're like in the dungeon. Noises are being made, right? It smells bad. Um, and it's just a weird place. I said, how could I use this place in the building? And I said, you know what? World War I trench warfare. I could either show a video on Discovery Ed or whatever you have, you know, whatever platform that are great, or I could like make it a museum exhibit in the smelly dungeon of this basement and make it feel like, you know, with war sounds on an MP3 and an old iPad original or something, um, trying to make it, make it seem like a really cool live action museum exhibit. So you go in on a Saturday, you set it up, and you, maybe you take a full day of content where it really could take a 10-minute video to understand the content, but you, you, you sacrifice a full day of class for something memorable for kids. Those are the lessons that they remember. Those are the experiences they remember. And, yeah, I could have done it quicker and maybe more efficiently, but they're not going to remember those lessons. Yeah. Right. So uh, what do you do that's going to be different and change the narrative for kids and make them want to show up to class again the next day? I'm, ju I'm just curious. How did your colleagues feel when you did that? Well, it's really cool because um, they were first apprehensive. Um, and then secondly, uh, when I left, a couple of years later, I left that. It's kinda, I kind of get bored with it, right? I, get, I'm not, I can't roll out the same lesson every year. So it was awesome for a while, and I started to say, yeah, maybe, maybe I'm done with that. And they, they begged me to, to keep it going. And then I left that <laughs> the building. The colleagues or the students? My colleagues. Really? Yeah, I was like, I okay. don't think I'm going to do it this year. And they're like, no, you have to. I was so like, were, oh, okay. So they bought in, and then I even changed the buildings from middle school to high school, and they said, uh, can we have your stuff? <laughs> <laughs> like, can we just hold on to your, your materials? And uh, you know, I don't know if they do it or not any longer, but it, was, it made a memorable mark enough for that to say that it starts to impact the building, a culture, uh, if you take those chances and you're success, successful with them. I, I just absolutely love that story. I am a social studies teacher before I got into tech integration. Those art. Yeah. I taught eighth grade social studies for a number of years, and that was my favorite. I taught high school and middle school. Eighth grade was fantastic because you had the opportunities to just explore. Yeah. Um, I remember turning my classroom into the Triangle Shirtwaist Factory. I blacked out the windows. You I locked had, the doors on them? I had, <laughs> I, I, I had loud MP3s playing of banging and this and that, and we had this whole simulation going on. And I, I asked about the colleagues, and because this was my first year yeah. teaching there. I didn't know them very well, and there was noise and this all coming from my classroom. And people walked by and just said, you can't do that. Right. Like, Says what who? Do you, what do you do? You can't do that. Yeah. And I said, I'm doing it. And that, that experience was, the kids remember experiences. And I think that's something that's really important is experiences. Yeah. And I was, uh, in my talk this morning, I mentioned uh, Dave Burgess from Teach Like a Pilot. Oh, I love too. that. You know, he's great. But that was bar a lot of what he did as a classroom teacher was to come in costume or dress up mm -hmm. in a simulation. And it takes a lot of effort to do those things. And I don't expect every teacher to do it. But you got to put your own mark on stuff and make it your own. And if you're just rolling out a module from the state or if you're rolling out right. um, Chapter you know, great, three. great online materials that might be valuable, right, from our awesome vendors and partners, like, it's got to be more than that. And uh, to hook kids, make them interested and excited. And, and the best thing I can hope for is that kids remember me as a teacher who cared about them and then who made cool experiences for them. I bet you Tom does. 
Yeah, that was cool. Those conversations, right? That totally changed it. And actually, I reached out to Tom afterwards because I thought about maybe following you guys down the line at podcast or something like that. I'm like, I know a guy who can make me background music. I'll contact Tom. There's my jingle. Intro, Tom. outro. I got him. And so I reached out to him on like Instagram. I was like, this is great. You know, if I can do that, that'd be awesome. We haven't pulled the trigger yet, but that, that's a cool opportunity to think about. Dan, Dan it's, it's awesome to think about too, right? And we got, we got a couple of former social studies teachers here on the line. And just thinking about here being at an educational technology conference, right? People think it's so weird that social studies people go into technology. Right. And right. I've heard that comment a lot when I go through my resume and talk about my history with people. And, and there's such parallels between the critical thinking and civics and understanding and the critical thinking of problem solving with STEAM mm-hmm. and robotics. There's so many parallels that... I don't think people understand. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, oftentimes, like, that, that vein of civic education that they think about in social studies, they think it's textbooks, it's history, whatever. But if you're talking about critical thinking and understanding, that's exactly what we're doing here at a tech conference, too. Yep. It's amazing to be with partners like that. Yeah, well, we're, and we're also looking at, you know, as social studies teachers and three-quarters of us, of us at this table are, we're always looking at different points of view. And one of the things we always looked in social studies, or at least when, you know, when I was in the classroom as a teacher, was looking at those different, you know, looking at it from different angles. And that's what we're trying to do with uh, instruction. What's also really cool seeing that we're sitting here at NiceGate, it was 13 years ago, John and I showed up here back in 2009. I, I, I know it was my first NiceGate. I was pretty sure John, it was John's as well. And a colleague of ours said, hey, Art, you need to meet John. He's a social studies teacher doing some really awesome stuff. John, this is Art. He's just becoming a tech integrator, literally my second week on the job as a tech integration specialist. You guys need to clap. See you later. I'm like, hey, so uh, what are you working on? He's like, Moodle. <laughs> I'm like, what is Moodle? He's like, oh, it's an online class. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm checking in on my students right now, making sure they're doing all their, all their work. I mean, this was like the OG Google Classroom. Yeah, that's true. And uh, I was like, I need to learn this. And Moodle. it was really cool because... Here we were, I mean, we're talking 13 years ago. What we're doing today with Google Classroom, John was basically doing with Moodle. And, so, you know, some people definitely cringed when they heard that word. Um, but that was the platform. And back then, I mean, John, John and eventually me, because I caught up with him, <laughs> and we did a lot, of, uh, a lot of PD together in his district over those years. Uh, John's also a phenomenal baker, and he would uh, yes, he bribe shared me. his cookbook recipe. You got to cook people me. in. You got to bring them in. Yeah. He would bribe me with his chocolate chip, <laughs> salted cookies, and anything. He'd be like, oh, "Hey, listen, yeah. you want to come do the PD? I'll make some cookies." All right. And, uh, I love food, so game on. We did. We, a, we did a lot of work together. The Redeker family recipe book. He actually shared it. It's great. I don't know if there's a volume two. Google oh. Drive link for sure. So I think I still have that link if you haven't updated it. So we could definitely well, it's a, talk about it. It's a about, live document. Yeah, the recipes. Yeah, it wasn't a Moodle thing back then. That's for sure. You know, one thing you, you, that resonated with me today is you were talking about what are the rules and anything you want the rules to be, right? Yeah. And talking about the process, which I thought was very interesting and and. People are very protective of their stuff most of the time, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, for those, you know, I mean, I have the visuals and, and I was able to hear John, you know, present on this, but the process is easy. Hustle, you propel forward with an irresistible urge. Copy, creative copycats better suit needs. Now, here's the thing. People don't like to share sometimes, and I yeah. don't understand what that is about educators, right? I mean, at an ed tech conference, it's a lot different. That mindset is share, 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 share. But uh, everywhere else, not so much. It's like, why? You know? And then I loved how you said hack. Burning desire to take on the establishment, promote, start that conversation, and pivot, pivot. He had the picture of the (laughs) The couch couch from France, right? Instant gratification is rare. Can you talk about that process? 
Yeah, I think of it like a cycle. Like if you're familiar with the engineering design process and the scientific method, it kind of is a cycle. So uh, I think it's really important to understand that, you know, we're all hustling, but are we hustling for the right topic? Are we hustling for the right thing, you know? If we're just hustling because our workflow could be better and we're doing too much paper-based stuff or whatever, there's got to be solutions to make our hustle worth it. And we sometimes we work so hard and we, we're tired at the end of the day and we don't know what we actually accomplished, right, in teaching and probably other careers too, but we can speak here to education. So if we hustle for what's valuable, that involves setting goals, right? You need to have an agenda, an initiative that's really worth something to you. Um, the other thing is, the next step would be to copy, to look at people who are awesome and to say, what can I do that's similar? It doesn't need to be an exact copy because you need to have your own personality and your perspective on things. Right. But take something and make it your own. Really convert it to be something that you can own and, and feel proud of. Um, you know, in 2013, um, I, I was at a Hudson Valley Nice Gates mm. conference, uh, of all things, and I watched a presentation. I was teaching government at the time, so just, just starting my career in teaching high school government from the middle school era. And uh, I watched this presentation from these awesome teachers about their project action and their, how they're doing things. And I converted, I took their resources, they willingly shared, and they made them my own. And now I willingly share those things. And now I look at the state and I go, oh, they have a civic readiness pathway. Did they watch my classroom <laughs> along the way? This is amazing. And uh, I don't know how they were listening, but they were apparently. And uh, I think that's amazing to think about, right, that I, they were able to willingly share with me. So who am I to, willing to, to hold back on that sharing? It's almost that pay it forward mentality of Absolutely. things that are going on. And why would I ever think about monetizing it either on a website that might allow me to download and monetize stuff? <laughs> That seems weird. I don't know what site you're talking about, John. <laughs> I can't imagine that being something I want to do with my like time. toilet paper, I swear. But you know, I just <laughs> want to take, take that and throw that away sometimes because we just we need to do. be collaborative and share with people uh, and, and make that work. But then you have to really make it your own, right? So the copy, then you have to hack it. Right. What works right. for me right now? Let's tear it down. Let's get in that code. Let's break it apart and make it really customizable for me. And then we look at how do we promote it, right? We have to just not be insular and isolated in our buildings and our rooms. Uh, I love teacher autonomy, but you have to be able to promote that and feel welcomed and respected. Uh, so that really comes into a lot of administrati administrative dialogue. You know, are, are people supportive, our system principals, our principals, superintendents? What are we doing in these worlds? Um, and are we comfortable and able to share openly? Um, and then if something doesn't work, or if it, even if it is, you've got to pivot. Pivot. Mm -hmm. Pivot. <laughs> and I even think about it in the, when I was doing the, uh, the awesome simulation in the basement of the middle school. Like, I had to pivot at some point. I couldn't yeah. keep going. It was innovative for a time. I kind of got bored. I got tired. The thing you have to remember, too, is that the kids aren't tired. Right? You might be tired as right. a professional, but if it's new to them, it's still new to them. Right. And so that's always like this tension that I hold. Uh, but for me, I still need to be fresh as a professional. And so changing what I'm doing in the classroom is not just taking that away and going back to a textbook, but taking that away and saying, what's next? Right? And what, what can I do that changes the game? And so those are some of those, some of those things that really are valuable. Uh, but that should be a cycle. So if the pivot or the promotion doesn't work, you go back and hustle and hack it again. Mm -hmm. You go back around to that cycle, and it's really, really a cool process. Love it. I'm going to pivot. <laughs> oh, you're going to pivot. You have a question? Go ahead. Ask him. Um, one of the things that I want to talk about is, you know, when you look at everything that you're trying to do for your students, um, what things do you really focus on when you're developing your experiences for your students? What, what, are, what are the things you're, you're – overall enduring understanding that you want yeah. your, to take away from any experience you want take from your What a good social studies comment, enduring <laughs> understanding, <laughs> enduring <laughs> concepts. Um, I think it's awesome to think about just who these students are. Um, I like to start every year or every concept, and I think other teachers could take this uh, under, under their wing too. I probably will talk about this tomorrow morning in my session. 
I'm, I'm giving a session tomorrow called, um, I don't remember the exact title, but how tech can make better humans, right? And so if we understand that all of us sitting at this table are coming at life from a different angle, whether we relate, raised with money, without money, religious, in an urban or rural community, like whatever the case is, we all come at life at a different angle. And I think it's important for classroom teachers to understand that, to help uh, see how that looks in uh, secondary as well as elementary. I think you can work on that with little kids too. You can have a conversation with kindergartners about these kind of topics. How did you grow up? What's your home life like? You know, how is that different from somebody else? Not better or worse, but different. Right. And as far as understanding our world, when you live in such divisive times in our social media age, in the 24-7 news stream that wants to divide us and get us angry and whatever else, with all that's going on, like we, we need to work towards understanding. And so good teachers understand their own students beyond what a data dashboard shows them. They understand yeah. their... Mm -hmm who they are as human beings. And as in, a, in the classroom, we just need to spend more time doing that. And so I think whether you're teaching math, science, social studies, world language, whatever it is, if you can spend the time trying to understand your students and help them build understanding with each other, then we've already won. And you have buy-in because they feel valued and respected um, at any level. And I think that's my, my main game. That's powerful. That, that is very powerful. And you know, building upon that, I think being a teacher now it's pretty exciting because we have digital spaces that we can really curate and build for our students so we have more time mm -hmm. with those moments with our students in the classroom to be able to support them and find them and have those deep conversations and still be able to provide the instruction, the differentiation and scaffolds that our students are going to need to be successful. Yeah, listen, as far as like uh, understanding of the world is concerned, like some of us live in er areas where you know, you may not run into someone who's much more diverse than you are. You may live in a place where everyone looks like you or acts like you or has the same socioeconomic status as you, but we can certainly connect with people from around the globe. Mm -hmm. And there's been groups that I've worked with in the past, like the Global Nomad Society, which I've is I've worked cool. with them as those? well. Did, awesome. did you do the gun violence? No, no, I just had uh, some people connected with uh, some English language learners in uh, Morocco. And nice. so a global studies class is working with them and, and talking about, you know, their time in Morocco and what it's like. But, you know, you may, you may live in an area, a culture, where you don't have people from certain religious groups or certain ethnic groups, and you can be exposed to different opinions and perspectives. Or just go around the state. If you're living in a rural county in New York State, why not connect to some inner city schools in Rochester, in New York City, like, right. and just talk about life with these students? Even just sharing content with people from different ethnic backgrounds, socioeconomic backgrounds, it's huge to understand that these kids are just like me. And I lived in a pretty urban area growing up. I lived right around, um, around the Newark Airport area in New Jersey growing up. Um, and I was like a relative minority. There was not a majority people in the group, in the, in the school. And um, that was Union, New Jersey, home of the fighting farmers. That was our mascot. <laughs> the oranges. Yeah. And so, and now I'm up in, in a pretty, you know, rural, suburban America. And it's in New York. And it's a little tough sometimes to understand that. So having exposures to people, there's lots of studies and research of people who are way smarter than me who say that that matters to people. Um, right. So if we can expose that using the internet and tools that we have, that's awesome. I, yeah, I, I just remembered it. I did a global nomads group talking about uh, the impact of gun violence on students. And we were connecting with schools all over the world, but we connected with kids in Somalia. Yeah, I wow. Talk about an eye-opening. I mean, I remember my students were just, they did not know how to react. Yeah. It was so powerful. I mean, we're talking globally, but... I mean, here we are, we're in Rochester, New York this week, and talk about geography and different locations and demographics and everything. Just look at the conversations with Buffalo and the snow. Yeah. We all got phone calls from family and friends going, so you guys aren't going to the conference, right? You got all this snow. No. 
They need a geography lesson first. Let's be <laughs> that's honest. Right. Right? That's true. But I mean, this, I mean, Google even, Maps. Yeah, <laughs> Google Maps and where the Great Lakes are and what are the Great Lakes. Yeah. And then a whole science lesson on Homes. lake effect snow <laughs> and moisture. So, John, you're a big proponent of lessons on empathy. Yeah. yeah. What can you tell our listeners? How do they start to dive into that to ensure that their their lessons are empathetic in it, in nature? Yeah, the first the first part is um, the regions regents exams don't mean much in New York State, right? I know we probably have some international global listeners here, national, but we want to think about state testing and what that actually means. Um, our students don't remember that stuff, right? And they'll perform for you if they know that they if you know that they that the teacher cares for them and that they're they're welcomed and accepted. And uh, if you think that your content this is for any teacher out there, if you think that your content, your curriculum strand is the the most important thing. Well, you're wrong in the first place, right? Our first and foremost thing that we need to pay attention to is safety and security for the students and the right. well-being of the building, right? Talk to any administrator. That's their prior, prior goal. Uh, any building principal would tell you, any superintendent would say, my number one goal is safety and security. Well, where's that for classroom teachers then? It's not just about knowing the protocols of a fire drill or knowing how to do a lockdown or hold in place, which unfortunately we have way too many of those these days in our, in our society. It's all about making students feel welcomed and safe in your environment with you personally. And so making sure that they have an understanding that they're welcomed and understood. You don't have to go deep dive and do the lessons that I would do in a social studies class if you're a math science you know, uh, teacher, because the liberal arts lend itself way easier for that in terms of those understanding those deeper conversations. But they have to feel safe and welcome. And so however you do that independently is, is really valuable. And if the only thing you're ever focusing on is your content and curriculum, you're missing the mark. Right. Because the first goal is safety and security of those kids. And if they don't feel welcome, they're not safe and secure. Right. So, yeah, I mean, think about it. If you go back and think about, as adults now, who your favorite teacher was, it wasn't for what they taught. It was like, oh, I, I liked Mr. Nicola because he was, right. you know, he taught English well. No, it was who he was as the person teaching that content. How it made you feel. Mm-hmm. Right. right. Yep. How, how you felt in that classroom. Was he engaging? You know, did he show up to your sporting event, your, your school sporting events or your school play? It was those individuals. I still remember I had a math teacher. I, you know, don't, I don't remember anything about the math class. I remember I was in a musical performance um, when I lived up in the Adirondacks as a kid. She showed up to the show. Mm. Right. I remember mm-hmm. that she showed up to the show right. outside of a school event. That was the teacher you remember. I would love for you to sing for us. I do not sing sing then. There's a microphone in front of you. (laughs) That's great. You know, I I think it's it's fascinating to think, like, what are our values and why are we here? And, um, you know, I tell this to any pre-service candidates. I was just talking to someone from the the SUNY system about pre-service teachers and stuff. And, you know, what do I want people to know about pre-service education is don't come to an interview and say, I love content. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) If you come into an interview, and I think every administrator who's listening should say, if you come and say, I just love math, okay, go get a graduate degree. Go get a doctorate. Go do some research. I love science. Okay, go be a researcher. Like, you have to love kids first exactly. and, and foremost and make that a valid priority in your life. So uh, that's sort of where I, I fall. And I think that the technology is so good. Like, my passion is in, in now in my role as an educational technology fo- uh, person is to take advantage of opportunities to say, how do we make people's jobs easier or more streamlined so that they can spend more time with kids right? or make a lesson that's more engaging for kids. Mm -hmm. Right. And so whether it's a workflow of moving off of like emailed Word documents and PDFs for schedules to Google Calendar or what have you, and it saves time and energy and efficiency, well, that means that the teacher spends less time dealing with the minutia and more time with kids or planning lessons. And that's where the value added is for me. I love it. Thank you. I couldn't agree with that more. That's 
So one final thought I want to talk about, and, and I think you can promote it as well. Let's talk about your TEDx, TEDx Goshen. Oh, yeah, that's awesome. I want Come to on. talk about TEDx. You know, everybody knows TED Talks, or maybe they have some knowledge of it. But give a, a good overview, what the plan is moving forward. Yeah. It's going to grow. Uh, talk to us about TEDx Goshen. Yeah, so... Uh it's interesting, right? Not everybody knows about TED Talks. When as I go to the community and look at fundraising for our event, which is June 8th in Goshen High School, uh, 2023, we, uh, we go to the community members and sometimes people don't know, which is fascinating to me, but they can get behind the value. And the value that we add to the TEDx program is that TED.com or t- you know, the TED organization doesn't actually ask for individual community connections. But what my partner Eric Harris and I decided that this was so important for us to raise student voices and community voices. So we believe that our community is so valuable and has things to add to a global society, not just our little small town community, but they have a, a, they're worthy of a global audience. And right. so we're, we're going to highlight students, we're going to highlight community members, people who have touched our community in some way or another, whether they live there, work there, have worked there in the past. We're going to highlight them as speakers in our TEDx event. And it's really unique. Everyone from our photographers to our videographers to uh, anyone who touches the event has to have a connection to our town, Goshen, New York. Um, and that's not the way it is in most, most places for TEDx events. Um, you can, anyone here could actually go on TEDx.com and search for a speaking event and apply. And you can go to you know, Dubai. And if you want to go on right. vacation and do it, be a, a speaker somewhere. But we're, we're going to really highlight our people. And that's amazing. We did this in 2019, 2021. 2021 was hard. We had a uh, pandemic, social distancing rules yeah. and that kind of stuff in the public schools. Uh, but I'm excited this year. We really hope to pack our auditorium. Uh, we actually set ourselves up completely independently. We're now a, a nonprofit organization. Awesome. So all donations are tax exempt. We're hosted through a phenomenal organization uh, for us regionally. There's a great organization called the Community Foundation of Orange and Sullivan Counties. Yeah. What they do is they host your organization to be a nonprofit status. Um, as long as you host an account with them, they'll support you as a nonprofit. That's great. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, so we've got a lot of speakers coming. We've got students. Uh, last year we had students. Then two years ago we had students speak about, geez, a 16-year-old talking about how time scares her and the nature of time. It was so heady. And, like, I, I couldn't believe I was listening to a 16-year-old. And we had a guy talk about what it's like to counsel people with, with uh, drug and alcohol addiction in our town and our community. He told awesome anecdotes of these people who just had their moment of truth in their lives. Um, and, and how to come to grips with that. And so you rotate through this incredible night of talks. Uh, we'll probably do nine or ten people um, just to keep it kind of brief. But it's amazing to think about the people we have in our community. And uh, Eric and I are just passionate about uh, elevating student voice, elevating community voice, and supporting our awesome little uh, community. So they'll have a global impact moving forward. Where can people find out more information if they want to attend? Yeah, www.tedxgoshen.com. There it goes. TEDxGoshen.com, and there's information there. Uh, we will probably sell tickets this year. We think a little skin in the game matters to people, maybe 10 bucks, nothing too big. Right. But enough to get butts in the seats and to get people committed to our event. And so uh, look forward to that. That'll be a charitable donation as well. Uh, but Goshen High School, June 8th, 2023. We're really looking forward to it. And uh, you won't be disappointed for coming. And it's open to anybody. Anybody can come. Awesome. Yeah, That's it's great. Global Society. Awesome. The, the videos will be posted online too. Uh, definitely take a look. Go to YouTube and search uh, TEDx Goshen, and you'll see all these events from the past, and you'll be amazed by these kids and these adults that gave talks. Uh, it's amazing. So, 
Uh, definitely check it out. I uh, look forward to seeing a full house that night. Yeah, we'll be there. Yes, absolutely. absolutely. We will definitely come by. All right, final thoughts as we wrap up Nice Gate. The uh, exhibition floor is literally uh, John's head almost got taken out by a forklift. <laughs> there are hammers so. around us. <laughs> this place is literally coming they down around us. They are breaking it down. So final thoughts on, on, on the exhibit floor, let's say, in the conference overall. Art, you want to go first? Anything, anything else? Uh, no, it's been a great conference. We have been very busy meeting with a lot of people. Uh, Bloom was fantastic hosting us this, uh, absolutely. this week weekend and looking forward to what's going to happen next yeah record number of uh vendors record number of attendees wow. no not attendees i don't know i'm not sure about that one record number of vendors record number of sessions yeah this year they took on a lot more people uh it's basically something for everybody it's that's awesome. great mm-hmm. yeah i mean you could see in the exhibit hall that the vendors were it was packed yeah it was packed they were back they were convening right for lack of a better term and they all came back to actually share with all the educators uh you know in the area dan um the one thing that i love about this conference that i i want to come back every year is having the opportunity not only to you know sit into some fantastic sessions and as you said you know there is that idea of sharing here and everyone wants to go in and you know build that collaboration space among educators from across the state that you make contact with. Um, so sitting in the sessions, but then also having those conversations as you're walking through where right. you meet people. Absolutely. You know, I'm going to steal John's word is heady. There's a lot of heady talk right here, but that heady talk can then be backed up with the practical applications of how you can get started and move forward and then build those relationships with people. Um, and then also as you talk to vendors going around here, there's a lot of really cool people here with awesome experiences that can really open up your eyes to a world that you just didn't envision before. And uh, I'm going to throw on there real quick too, Dan. Uh, this and John brought it up. This whole uh, idea of Hudson Valley Nice Cake kept popping up around here again. Yeah. Some of the listeners, if they remember years ago, it was hosted, you know, right out of our district, and uh, that, that's been a fan favorite again uh, while we've been up here. So expect to hear a little bit more on that. Hopefully, as uh, we move forward, people want to get together. People want to well, get together. That and clearly, we have put you know all of us here and amongst others. The Hudson Valley region is on the map between TEDx Goshen, Hudson Valley Nice Gate. There are a ton of events in the area for educators. We understand Rochester is not right around the corner for us specifically, so not everybody can come. But that way, if we have these events like TEDx Goshen, which is after school hours, where you don't have to worry about district release and substitutes and so forth and the Hudson Valley Nice Cake Conference on a weekend. Those are opportunities for educators to be able to not only get together, share ideas, innovate, and and kind of just grow. And we haven't had that really since pre-pandemic. You know, we're starting to get back to that. I think this is the first step. Last year was still, oh, you got to make sure, you know, you're, you're wearing your mask or, or what whatever the case may be. So we're really on the right track to getting back to just sharing good practices and overall. I, I, knew, I know we've said this multiple times on the podcast, but NiceGate is more than an annual conference. Mm-hmm. Correct. There's, there's regions, there, and anyone can join. Yeah. Uh, it's free. Just go to NiceGate.com, join NiceGate, and you have so many resources and so many connections that you can make through there. Absolutely. Become active. Reach out to people. Talk. It, it's, it's really inspiring, and you can gain a lot out of it. That's it. All right, we're going to wrap up. John, how do we find you? Thanks, guys. You can find me at, at John Redeker, J-O-N-R-E-D-E-K-E-R on Twitter. That's probably the best case. We can connect from there. Awesome. Awesome. For, for Art, Dan, myself, we will see you guys next time. As always, tech hard, work smart, live an adventure. Find Andrew on all socials at A Nicola Tech and Dan at WCSD Tech DR.